Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where your smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. And we are live on Oz Property Investor. We bring the big names and, and tonight we're going to have even more fun because we don't have a guest to hold us back. No, guests don't hold us back. We love guests. Please come. How are you going anyway, Joe? What's, oh, Joe's not sold on the guests. So. No, um, nah. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll keep them. We'll have them if we can have them. You know, yeah. if anyone if anyone wants to come on, say g'day. No, I'm excited, mate. This is going to be a good little sesh. This is going to be a good little session. Rarely do, do you and I get the time to riff on ideas and riff on things. Um, but tonight is the night, mate. How are you? More importantly, I'm 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 fantastic. It's it's been a beautiful day, a winter's day here in Sydney and or, or Wollongong. <laughs> where where I don't know. I just I just say Sydney because some people don't really care about Wollongong, so that's okay for them. But now going really well. Um, loving loving life, loving everything, just in, enjoying property, all that sort of thing. Still as well. So good news. Will good news will come up in a couple of minutes as well. We're going to talk about the RBA. So stay paused. Um, or stay tuned, not stay paused. Oh, there's, there's a bit of a bit of a giveaway there as to what we're going to be talking about. But Joe, how are you going? You know, what's what's happening? How you've been knocking them dead? Hopefully not knocking them too dead. Making it happen, mate. Making it happen. Um, I wanted Making to good. tonight. I wanted to chat to the types of property strategy out there, and I think you we're having a bit of a chat off air about this, and you you coined it really well. It's like what is when you first start a property investment journey. It, there are so many different things getting thrown at you and it's like, well, should I be doing subdivision? Should I be doing renovation? What should I be? Should I be going down the, the, the off the plan apartment? Should I go into the house and land package? Now we're not going to talk to those assets because we've already probably made ourselves very clear that we do not want to be buying those types of assets. Um, but is renovation a strategy that, that we should be using? Is subdivision a strategy that we should be using? And what is all these strategies and how do they all connect? What are the pros of doing a subdivision? What are the, the cons of a subdivision? What are the pros of a, a renovation? And um, and I guess it kind of breaking it down so that people can understand that they're not all that difficult. Like, although it looks scary to, to do a subdivision or it looks scary to do a renovation, it's well within what you're physically capable, of, well, maybe not physically, but <laughs> capable of doing. Um, but yeah, what, what, I feel like you had a great intro for this, Jeff. Give us a run through. What are we going to cover? Yeah, so for me, when when I first started, I was saying to Joe when I first started my property investment, didn't know about him. But I, you, you <laughs> sort of you go for either the the capital growth or the yield. Like those are the kind of things you, you focus on. You sort of say, okay, I want this amount of cap, um, I want this amount of passive income. Or I want, um, or I want sort of this uh, this amount of capital growth, or or this amount of yield. Like I want a five percent yield, whatever it is. But little do we, little did I, I didn't even consider. Okay, should I be buying a property that is going to need a reno, or or do I want something that I can potentially develop down the track? And and mm. I suppose that's that's where I wanted to sort of say, and we're piecing together in in some of these sessions, all of this kind of things you should be considering because if you don't factor this in. If you need to, or if you really have to get capital growth, and if you buy and for whatever reason you don't see that capital growth, then what? What is your? How are you going to be able to achieve that goal of, in ten years' time, of a hundred k passive income or whatever it is? Um, so I think I, I didn't even factor that in when I was buying my first investment property. So I thought it was 
would be great to unpack these kind of strategies, um, property strategies, which uh, I think are, are, are important consideration when buying any property, like what your purpose is for that property. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, what's the quote of the week, mate? What's your little quote of the week for today? So quote of the week is, for me, is I think it's a, it's a bit poignant because we're talking about strategy and all that sort of stuff and, and strategy is in, and action is just as important. But mine is if you, plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, which is by Ben Franklin. So for I me... I feel like you've had that like 800 times. Like. Me, I've heard that I have heard that quote like three times on this podcast. If anyone else is listening that has listened to most episodes of this, because I know there are some people out there, how many times has Jeff used that <laughs> that as his quote of the week? Probably once. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm pretty. I'm yeah. gonna say three times. We should have an archive, but yeah, that's I. I, I yeah, I really use. So, how many times have you used? Yeah. But no, what's, what's your one, Joni? What's, what's <laughs> well, no, I do agree. You, it's, a, it's a great quote. It tells me that we need to refresh our quotes. Mine's actually, I actually wrote mine down from a, from a book I was reading. Um, so commitments is a statement of what is. You know what you're committed to by your results. Um, the results is the proof of your commitment. Now, I guess that's kind of taken out of context. It's all about talking about um, business and and. Um, uh, yeah, it's a business book about what's it called? Um, who, not how. It's who can help me achieve the result that I'm looking for rather than asking how do I achieve a subdivision? Actually, that's going to be rolling in nicely with today because it's not how do I complete a subdivision? It's no, no, who can help me with a subdivision? Who can help me identify the the council's ownings, the minimum lot size, the minimum setbacks, all of that stuff? There are who's out there that understand the thing that you require. Um, but the result is the proof of your commitment. So you need to commit to a thing before you happen and uh, before you get the result. So that's that's my quote of the week because I really, really like these strategies that we're talking about here. It's very easy to get a set and forget type of property, but it takes time to think, okay, well, I'm going to suffer a little bit in the short term because I'm going to have to renovate this property. I'm going to spend a little bit of time up front, but down the line, that's going to give me equity and that equity is going to allow me to continue my portfolio journey so I don't have to keep saving for a deposit and wait, waiting for that organic growth of, um, of the property. That's my quote of the week. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Like it was, it was very, very well, at least seven times in the last, in the last, um, in the last two months, at least seven times. So no, I, I, I do love it because I love a good strategy, good plan. And um, I was getting, getting ready for tonight's session and, and I, I didn't hundred percent feel ready, but I just don't know if you ever feel ready. So planning and strategy is great, but you actually need to take action. You need to get in the ring and, and, and get it done. Otherwise you're just going to, keep sort of turning the wheels without actually getting anywhere. So on that, on that note, Joe, should we, should we get into the first ad and we'll talk about our, our special segment for Jeff and Joe? Oh, let's do it. The amazing thing with commercial property investing is that in most cases, it's cash flow positive from day one, which means that you can drive those profits towards paying down the debt. There are instances with commercial property investing where you can actually have the property pay itself off over 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. With commercial property, you get massive net yield, so you can expect anywhere between 6 to 10%. And as we've seen in the current boom, these properties not only provide large cash flow, they do certainly grow wildly in value too. 
Now, with big rewards comes some risk, and this is why you should de-risk your investment as much as possible. And the way you do that is with expert due diligence. And this is why we highly recommend people hire professionals to help you along in your investing journey. Steve Polisi of Polisi Property is one such expert. Being a chartered mechanical and structural engineer in a past life, Steve draws on his analytical and mathematical skills to do that expert due diligence for you. With six years' experience in the space, Steve has over 1,200 property transactions under his belt. He's the guy you want in your corner, crunching the numbers and finding the best properties in the best locations, along with ensuring that you avoid the mistakes. Steve has actually even written the book on commercial property investing in Australia. And not only is it a bestseller, I believe it to be the most comprehensive in commercial property investing on the market today. He's been generous enough to give us a massive discount for our audience of 50%. So use the code OZPROP, click the link below, get a copy today and start learning and getting on your commercial property investing journey. We are, Joe. We are back. We are. Just sent, just sent you a link. Um, but no, so, and, and we are, instead of talking about our first, um, our first property and all that sort of good, good stuff, let's, um, let's unpack the momentum. I was going to say momentum, so maybe not as momentous, but while we're here, people, we'll get to Q&A as well. So throw your questions, throw your comments, all that sort of stuff. But the RB, the big news, the RBA paused yesterday, Joe, and Joe Corden, he said that, what, what, what did you say? Something about buying buying Gucci's, or was that was that you, or was that somebody else? I don't know. It was Greg who followed up with a comment on you. But you said that they had to surprise us and keep us guessing, which is why you su- suggested there would be a pause. That is it. That is exactly it. the 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 sentiment um, I was going to bring up, which I was trying to bring up a chart before, but the sentiment is what kind of helps drive a lot of of. Um, value in certain markets and you see it a lot in share investing where people have money they spend the money it's the same as what's happened um in the property market the government printed billions of dollars that supply had to go somewhere and it went into crypto and you know the the little pictures of things um and it went into property as well and all of these things started to grow in value so um that's that's what happens when you print billions of dollars. Things things rise. So I called it because the reason I called it a hold is because the government, the, the RBA doesn't want to say, great, we're going to start inflating and then we're going to just hold, 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 and then we're going to go down, 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 down. They, they want to kind of keep us on our toes so people don't get too exuberant. It was funny. As soon as the new, I saw on news.com.au, RBA holds rates was pretty much the subheading. The headline was, get ready for a buying bonanza or some nonsense like that. It's time to buy everyone, get excited and start spending your money wildly. So the RBA is just trying to tamper that expectations in my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts about it, Jeff? I know you go real deep into this stuff. Um, what, what... I wouldn't say, wouldn't say super deep, but um, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit more than what I should, but, uh, but my, I, I was, the, the thing that kind of froze me a little bit is, is that they, they, they said that there were, focusing on kind of getting inflation down and all that sort of stuff. And, and they sort of like inflation has still hasn't really like the headline inflation has come down, but core inflation is still quite high. Um, so the difference is headline is includes some volatile items. So I just think that they're sort of not, they're all over the place. Like it's like, 
you you go out to the you've got your friend who you go to a party and they just say oh you know I'm going to have a really relaxed night and, and next minute they're on the dan- they're on the they're on the uh, on the table dancing you're like well what what's going on there what, what you're just contradicting what you said uh, friend um, and and so I just I just don't feel oh yeah yeah feel yeah there's no there's not a lot of, I don't not feel the table, consistency Phil. yeah but um that's that's kind of why I was a bit a little bit surprised like I sort of yeah, so I, just, I, I, I can understand why they did, but I just I, it would have made more sense to me. I don't, I don't agree with them focusing too heavily on inflation because it's such a lagging thing. So that's why they probably can argue that they did put it on hold. But yeah, well, so. for for me, it's it's purely monetary policy, right? It's all about money. Um, have a look at what happened in the U.S. So this is the UN, U.S. inflation is the blue line. And you can see in 2022, um, U.S. inflation was massive, like at eight. What is it? Yeah, eight point five percent, nine percent. But what happened was they're like, "Oh my gosh, inflation is starting to rise." You know what we got to do? We got a lagging indicator here. We got to raise our interest rates. So they just booted interest rates up to five percent. And as you can see now in the U.S., inflation is at four percent. So they only have a 4% inflation rate. So this monetary policy of of interest rates going up has fixed it. It's fixed the inflation rate because people can't spend as much money. And the exact same story is playing out in Australia, except it's mm-hmm. on a different kind of trajectory. We had a we're, massive... We're, we're lagging a little bit behind the US. Yeah, we're just a bit slower down here and that's okay. But for me, it's like we've done what we've had to do. It has already happened. We fixed it. Um, we fixed inflation. We have spent, you know, we raised raised our interest rates massively. So it is starting to trend down, and I imagine that trend is going to continue, um, exactly like it has done in the US. So I think increasing interest rates even further would just be a bit of a pointless exercise, and maybe put a little bit more of a financial strain. Now for Australia, the reason why I think we've held on for so long is because we had twenty percent saving rates. As a country, we were saving 20% of our pay packets. And that time over this period, we were just spending the same. So it's only up until about, I will say now until maybe six months is where people are really going to start feeling a bit more of a pinch. Um, but yeah, that's my view on inflation. Like, just look at the numbers. I don't know. I like it, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, that's, that's why I suppose it's, um, it's, it's good to, we, we, we aren't necessarily, I don't play an economist on the internet. Um, but yeah, just it's just interesting to kind of sort of follow it, and and I, I don't uh, foresee that they they can't really just continue to go too much higher, because what a, and and I've I've been listening to this kind of for about 12, 18 months, and I'll probably finish on this point. They've sort of been saying that you need to get probably roughly to get inflation sort of under control, you have to get interest or the cash rate at least up until around where the where the sort of inflation is so they're sort of about they're getting close to intersecting i mean they're not quite there because um headline inflation is at what five point i think it was 5.6 this month so and the cash rates at 4.1 so they're getting a lot closer so they're sort of trying to get us close to that and once that sort of happens yeah mm. well that's it yeah that's what you're saying there it's kind like, of what that's what they did there so it's, they sort of got it and, and now it's just kind of overtaken so we haven't quite pushed beyond that yet, so maybe exactly. That's that's why it maybe. might not be sort of finishing up. That's that's a very rudimentary. It's not that simple. So on to tonight's session. So what what we are going to talk about? We're going to talk strategy. So when people, the word strategy evokes so many different meanings for many different people, but 
if in this context, we're going to talk about the property strategies in, are you looking at, looking to set and forget? We're going to unpack what that means to us um, because everybody's set and forget is completely different, maybe, maybe different. We'll talk about different types of renovations and also a, a couple of different development type strategies. So I think the purpose of that is so people can then sort of say, oh, that makes sense. I can sort of apply that. But also, interestingly, we're going to throw some deals at you as well. Uh, so some of these are quite recent and some will be a year or two ago as well. So I think that'll, that'll add a bit of um, context mm-hmm. to the conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to actually see what we're talking about here because all day you're sitting on real estate trying to find this cracking deal, but what type of deal are you trying to trying to find? It would be good to illustrate it and see, hey, this is the type of deal that you should be looking for. Um, and here are the pros of going after this type of asset. Should we all be going for a set and forget? Um, and that's kind of where we start our journey. It is on the set and forget journey. Um, so what would you consider a... A set and forget, Jeff. How would you kind of roll with a with a set and forget in your uh, yeah? If you were to think about one, um, for for me, I, I think it's I, I feel a set and forget is a property. Probably the last property my mum bought is it was definitely a set and forget. It was it was a nice sort of stru- very structurally sound. Didn't didn't need any didn't need any effort or work applied to it. Didn't need a, any paint. Didn't need any carpet. It was just it was move exactly move in ready. Had a lot of owner occupied appeal. There was almost minimal effort required to bring it up to to, to standard. So there's yeah. it's basically the is is the finished product or the product that requires minimal maintenance. That's that's my yeah. kind of um, that's yeah. what I picture it as. You want to bring up yeah. some pictures, Joe? Have you have you got here's one you prepared earlier? You cooked earlier? Ah, uh, you know. No, not really. I haven't I haven't prepared any set and forgets because I think we all understand what a set and for- actually here. Here's a couple of set and forgets. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got some. Um, it, was that easy, impact, it was that easy to find. No, a set and forget for me is just a type of property that is just you don't have to do anything. It's moving ready. It's tenant ready. It requires no renovation. It no. It needs no upkeep. You to lift this property's value, you need to. Um, you're buy it on market. the market value. Well, you're relying on the market, but you also have to buy it incredibly well. So to really boost, so let's say you you, you know the market grows five percent, that's not really going. It's going to take a while because my goal is to buy the best property in the best location at the best price for my brief for what I actually need it to be. Um, so a set and forget for me are these type of things. I mean, they're all like, this is probably the best thing, right? Just a low set brick on a, well, don't, don't buy it on a, such a small land size, but small little property, yep. brand new, sweet little kitchen, great flooring. It, it looks really, really nice. This is what I call a set and forget. Um, I do not necessarily like buying the set and forget type of properties because you're waiting for the, the entire area to grow. So the pros are, Tenant ready, move in ready. It's an absolute blast. Um, you don't have to do anything. You're never going to have to, like a tenant is not going to call you and complain about, you know, the paint on this thing. They're not going to complain about the flooring. They're not going to complain about the astrology on the walls. They're not going to complain about anything. Um, the only thing you have to deal with are, you know, plumbing and those type of issues. Um, so for me, this is a set and forget. I feel like we don't really need to go too deep on set and forget. But what what are your what are the kind of 
pros cons for you for set and forget jeff you got any well for, for me the pro is is I, I i don't have to put as much effort into into, into doing any maintenance sort of relatively quickly with the property in theory yeah. i mean yeah yes they can be sort of defects pop up here and there yeah. so it, it's there's no guarantee that you're I mean, we should, should go to Adelaide, Joe. Like, what, are we, what are we looking in this bloody We're just house? just new there? homes. It was just... Oh, okay, new homes. That's what they, like, I guess you can buy... You can buy... Don't get me wrong. You can buy... Yeah, let's yeah, go, yeah. Let's go old Ranella while the button's there. So, like, is this a set... This, this would be like that's, a set... That's a great... Yeah, I, I mean, that that's kind of the one... I mean, yeah, that's that's a nice... That, that's been renovated. So, somebody else has already come in and turned... That's a, that's a really nice-looking property for as a set-and-forget. So... Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, the the benefit is it's it's um, yeah, as I said, it's it, it's exactly as it sort of suggests. It's set and forget. You don't have to think too much about it. Um, I don't even know any other kind of advantages to that one. I mean, I I, I just yeah, I don't, not a huge yeah advantages. Really know your market and pick your market incredibly well. So like this type of thing, it'll set and forget. Like you can't add value to it, so you just have to. Well, organically- I'd argue that's an ugly duckling, Joe. Are we, are we yeah. going to have a, no, because of, yeah, because of those, I mean. Yeah. You just, just set and forgets. They do their thing, but you're relying. So my goal, as I said, buy the best property in the best location, but my goal is to get my deposit back because I've just mm-hmm. spent the last five, six, eight, ten 10 years trying to save that 150, 160K, 100K, whatever that number is for you to get my first property. I want to get access to that money as quickly as possible. So for me, I like to add value to the properties to extract that equity back out. So that's where these other strategies become quite handy. Um, and that's Should we talk we about have... some cons, Joe, um, to set and forgets? Well, yeah, I think we have. Like you can't get we your can't... equity back. Yeah, get well, that. it's 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 harder. You're um, and I think yeah, you, you're you're essentially relying on generic cap, generic market-driven yeah. capital growth for for because whereas you, you kind of unless you are buying very well, so that's kind of a thing yeah. set, as Joe has alluded to, you have to and, sort of understand what value is in the market. The other the other thing is 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 you you are going to be competing probably with emotional owner occupiers. Yeah. So yep. as an investor, you don't really want to be doing that. Like you want owner-occupied appeal or the ability to create that. But at the same time, if you're if you're competing on these finished set and forget products, you're going to see the the young family come and see they're going to put their, their bed in that corner and they're going to put their lounge against that wall and they're going to visualize and they're going to say, this is the place for us. And they're going to pay 30, 40, 50,000 more than what you're willing to pay. So you're potentially yeah. going to, to buy one of these properties, you're going to be in for a, potentially a longer search absolutely your goal as a property investor is to set the limit of what that price needs to be you look at the data you look at the research you look at the analytics now actually i was talking to someone before i'm like they're like oh you know how do you find the question was how do you find comparable sales um and their answer was oh i just look on real estate and see what's sold a really really good tip to find out what is the most top of the top of the line recent sale um, is to call up all of the under offer deals. So all you do is you go onto real estate and you can yeah. see this property here under offer, this yep. property here under offer, this property here, not under offer, but you know what I mean? So then all yeah. you do is you call up Joe, this guy, however you say his last name. and say, hey, Joe, There it is. Hey Joe, how's it going? Uh, yeah. Look, I see you've got, you know, five cantina court available. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, that's under offer. Oh, silly me. Um, it's always look, 60 I'm, minutes ago. It's always under offer an hour ago. It's like, oh, just under offer, you know. It's like it makes you feel like you're like, oh, crap, I just missed out. Um, but then that allowed – and then you speak to him and then you can see like, oh, this was listed. I mean, this one wasn't listed for – for 500 but let's say it was listed for 500 it actually sold for 520 whereas all the comparables look for 500 so if you're buying in a competitive market i'm seeing a lot of people um buying in wa there was someone that posted recently oh i see this property here at 350,000, and i'm like the fact that you've posted this tells me that this property's already sold for you know 380 400 but you know you're new to the area so you've got to kind of feel that so you just call up the most recent under offers um, but my point to that was you set as an investor, you're a limit. What is my walk away price? Now, what's going to happen with a set and forget property is someone is going to walk into that property and yours is 520. Someone's going to walk in. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at these curtains. This is amazing. This, this flooring. So they're going to go 450, 460. Oh my God. Look at the paint. It is perfect for 80, 500. Oh, 520, 580. And then all of a sudden you're down here where you see value and they're up here. You've got to walk away. So you want to try and look at some of these more ugly, less attractive options, because if you look at them on a spreadsheet, they are golden and unreal. But if you look at them in person, it's like, oh, God, I don't really like the look of that thing. But there's yeah. money to be, there's money. Pretty isn't profit, as Todd Sloan, as Todd Sloan, Sloan would say. Todd, Todd Sloan. Todd, Todd, Todd Sloan. <laughs> I'm sure he does get plenty of loans. Um, so on that, I think that leads us on quite nicely to the ugly duckling. Now, this is this is Joe's term, and I'm not, I'm not going to, I mean, I don't know if it's Joe's I don't know if it's my turn. I don't know oh, if it's well, my turn. Boots well, on the ground. I might just get away with that one, but I don't think I can claim ugly duckling. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you've got any questions about each, any of these strategies or, or executing or just the, the tips and the tactics, um, but going back to that kind of under offer, I, I, the reason why that, particularly in a moving market like like pockets of WA, even sort of Adelaide and, and now sort of Brisbane as well, sort of it's, it's starting to get a little bit heated up that way in parts as well. Um, but the reason that's important is because properties um, un- that have that's only come out of sold probably around six weeks after it's actually, depending on the settlement time, if it's a cash unconditional and they settle in 20 days, it could be a bit quicker. But it's mm. at least six to eight weeks after. So you're you're looking at a property that's actually been transacted sort of six weeks ago. So that price yeah. is probably largely out of date. So you need to understand if it's just under offer, and that's probably as close as you're going to get to something that's that's a, that's a price that's realistic, but 100%. ugly duckling. So that's um, so ugly duckling for me. And, and we, I, Joe and I had a discussion about this the other day: ugly duckling versus renovators delight. Joe's going to talk about renovators delight, but the ugly duckling is something that only has. Um, yeah, if you want to bring up a property, Joe, um, and and I'll talk oh. to this one. Hang on. Okay. I've got to go to Slack, but I'll, while Joe's bringing it up, I'll talk to it. So it's something that only needs a minor, a minor sort of renovation. So this one, I'm sort of being a little bit cheeky. You could argue this is maybe a renovator's delight, but um, this, this is I consider. So that's a serviceable kitchen. Like you could use that, and it, it needs a carpet and a paint potentially. Uh, I mean, look, you could move into that, but you'd probably need to do the carpet and do a paint. But it, the, the property, I mean, bathroom actually, that's. That's maybe more of a renovated light, isn't it, Joe? I don't know. Well, let, let, let me get away with that one, please. Very tight. It's a very tight, very tight space. Yeah. I was, um, yeah. I'll, I'll actually throw some more disclaimers about this particular property I'm going to be talking to. Well, um, big disclaimer. None of this is financial advice. Go out there and do all your own 
financial advising. We're not financial advisors. And uh, this is all yeah. just two mates chatting about property. Um, but, okay, so why is this an ugly duckling, Jeff? Why is this ugly? So it's, as you can see, it's not, it's not pretty. Like that, that's sort of that, it's quite tired. Like the carpet's old, the, the, the walls need painting. And, and as you can sort of see, like the kitchen, like it, it's just not, like I, I, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not very, not excited by, like it's, it's serviceable. Like you could live, you could easily live there. Like even mm. the, the bathroom, like, yeah, it's fine, but it's, like the the oven is is ugly as well. Not the oven sort of needs doing as well, so it's old. But it 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 works. But you can live in there. Yeah. Um, Another so example is is this right? Like this is a bit of yeah. an ugly duckling in itself. Yeah. Um, it's I'd like, argue that's that's a less ugly duckling. Honestly, yeah, that's probably about a two or less, three. A lesser ugly duckling. Somebody's um, renovated it's got, that. It's got a blue yeah. wall here, a purple wall here, a green wall here. Um, yeah. I I, I don't feel. Like I feel like you could jazz this up a little bit to get it, yeah. get it quite. Like the bathroom's really dated as well. It is, and 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 that's that, that's where I think that. But that's where it comes down to what we were just talking about with Joe. It's really about well understanding what is what is the value of, of said property and what is the walk away as well. Because I'll, I'll sort of in doing a couple of those comparisons, we'll, we'll talk to those. Um, but the but the benefit I see. Well, what do you see the benefit of, of uh, Ugly Duckling Show? Well, that emotional bond, right? That emotional connection where someone's going, we're at 520 where we see value. Someone walks in there, they don't say, oh my gosh, look at the carpets. Those people turn around and and go out before they even put their offer in. So all of a sudden you're starting to get like a realistic value for what this thing is actually worth. And at the end of the day, it doesn't cost very much to fix a new paint, new paint job, depending on where you are and you know, the contacts that you have um, will be from six grand, maybe five grand to nine grand, depending on what is, uh, what is needed. So for me, it's, it's like getting access to equity. How do we get equity quickly? So that's some of the pros. Um, some and, of the, and the other thing is, yeah, you can, you can even increase the potentially increase the rent as well. Um, that's true. Because- yeah. Very good point. I mean, you, you need to you need to verify that that doing that work is actually going to increase the because doing like let's just say fixing the patio at the back. I mean, unless it's falling down, yes, that's going to add value. But if you're just sort of painting the patio at the back, I don't think that's going to add ten dollars rent per week to the to that. But if you fix up the kitchen and make it more serviceable, add more space, or add an air conditioning, or change the carpets, I think people are going to then say, okay, I'm going to pay a little bit more for that property in rent per week. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point. Um, yep, I totally agree. I think also another good little point for these type of deals, um, maybe not these type of deals, but how to get like undervalued and under market properties is get a property with a tenant in place. Um, because like, look at that, look at that one that I sent you, Joe. Have a look at that first. One? That um, Baron number three Baron, I think it was nine Baron. Oh, no, Crater yeah. it was Crater the one. The, crater? Yeah, Crater. Just to just to show Joe, um, illustrate Joe's example. Uh, number uh, yeah, free crater. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he closed it. Yeah. Um. Wait, three yep. crater. So look, okay. go down and look at the look at the ad for this, and look at that paying three thirty per week until. And this was sold in when was it sold, Joe? If you go, up. It was sure. sold in April. So the tenant was in place for at least four or five. I think it was six or uh, five months. So the yield on that, so that sold for three hundred eighty-seven thousand. That is a four point four percent yield. 
Exactly. And and I think that's part of the reason because that should be renting for around 400 bucks roughly based on the condition of that property. Yeah. Um, I reckon it would be around about the 400 to 420 is where you would, you could expect exactly. to get rent on this, on this property. And so, the owner occupier is going to look at it and say, well, I'm not going to wait. I'm not waiting four or five months to get access to that property. So yeah. you, and, and that's where this one, I, I thought this was, this is potentially a great buy. And I, to me, I, I, I saw comparables, even this is a couple of months wait, ago I've now. Got, I've got, we've got this one. This is a comparable. Isn't yeah. It? And that was, that sold in February. That, this is, this is obviously a lot nicer property. Okay. Um, that Cosgrove is a different one altogether. So Cosgrove, um, Hennessy, three bed, one bath. So we've bought a three bed, one bath in the 6th of April. Now, I actually haven't, we didn't actually buy this one. No, no, um, we didn't. 385, three bed, one bath on 641 squares. Um, but now this one with a tenant in pl- without a tenant in place looks slightly nicer. Look at that massive hole out the front of it. It's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still, still got ugly. Still yeah. It's less ugly though. I'd say it's it, it's, it's probably a little bit bigger, if I'm fair. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, gone, a nice bathroom. That's gone for four hundred and sixty-five thousand. So we've gone from three hundred and eighty-five to four hundred and sixty-five. That's eighty thousand dollar difference. Because- and it's it's not not to saying that doing spending ten or fifteen k is going to take that to four sixty-five. I, I I would say if if you got two dollars for the one dollar. So if you if you put yeah. No, that other one, what's that? Yeah, that, that one's even a little bit nicer again. So if you did if you did up to that standard, so it's I think that's a, a reasonable comparison between yeah, it, it, it'd probably likely be worth about four twenty to four thirty. So putting ten to fifteen K into that one around um, around in crater is likely to give you let's say thirty K in equity. Yeah. Also another good thing to look for is horrendous pitches. Because yeah, these are, these some, pictures are horrible. Some some bloke with a phone. The lighting is, is not. It's, it's yeah. just his iPhone. So that's another good thing to look out for. That that is money. But this agent that I mean, no offense, Ian. Um, but if he's taking photos like this, he's not paid. The the vendor doesn't want to pay for a photographer. They're not gonna they're not gonna mm-hmm. list it as well. This here is a professional photographer. Um, it looks good ish. Yeah. Um, I could even just look, look. That's even better for like. How does that photography like? I imagine it definitely doesn't look that good in person. <laughs> but um, Maybe but not. no. I, I suppose the I, I was literally doing research on this for for a couple of hours. So I would say that <laughs> just because you're looking at those photos and you really need to actually go and understand the pockets of a suburb and do all that sort of boots on the ground stuff as well. Understand is there actually really something wrong with that property because. There potentially could be, so it might not be an ugly duckling. It might be a kind of de- detonate and rebuild potentially. So just be cautious of that. That's what I would say. So, so not a detonator. Yeah, we don't want. To, I mean, unless look, we'll talk about that later. We will talk about that later, John. Um, in development. Okay. Yes, we can start chatting about developments. Um, oh, no, you still got it. You got. You got. You, you got to talk about renovated slide, Joe. Next. Time. Ah. Renovators delight. Oh, yeah. But what, what I want to say: What are some of the cons of of an ugly duckling? Because we, we don't want to just talk about talk about the good points. So the the bad points are: is yes, you can buy this uh, buy this property that needs a little bit of work. Um, however, what happens if you buy it and you actually uncover there's a there's a lot more work that needs to be done? So you've budgeted fifteen twenty k. Next minute, it's actually there's a whole bunch of water damage in the bathroom and. In WA, you can't necessarily pull out for that reason. So you've uncovered that. 
um, speak to your conveyance or all that sort of stuff. Um, so you've discovered that. And next thing you have to redo the whole bathroom, which then potentially could be 10, 15, up to 20K, depending on the size of the bathroom. So the next minute, your renovation budget is now 30 to 35. So that's, that is a risk. Um, there is a risk in buying these properties that need a bit of love. Um, you can circumnavigate that, of course, by doing all your checks and being thorough in your, your, your inspection um, prior to making offers. Um, the other is, is doing these renos. It might be offline for a couple of weeks, depending on how quickly you get trades out there. So you, you're going to be losing a bit of money for, for a month or whatever it is, maybe. I mean, I don't know how long. Yeah, I think, I think a big point of it is, is um, the connections you have as well with the right people. So you need to be building your A-team. There was a great post that I saw on actually Pizza and Property. It said like, build your A-team before you start investing in property. And I think that's 100% correct. You've got to like get the right people and the right have the right contacts so that they can help you with these things. Because the biggest thing, I don't want to scare anyone away from an ugly duckling. I think by far the, the quickest way to accelerate your property investing journey is through ugly duckling and renovated delight properties where you can add some value to them instantly because that is what's going to get your equity as fast as possible. I think that's really good for like, for a strategy, like when you think about property strategy and portfolio strategy, there's kind of three phases. There's the accumulation phase, the acceleration phase, and then the legacy phase. So the accumulation phase is when you're starting to buy investment properties um, to build out your portfolio. And they should be filled with these types of properties. So in terms of the first one, I think the first one should be uh, Ugly Duckling, Renovator's Delight. Now, this is just generalization. This is me just thinking about me. If I was to start my portfolio all over again, what would I be doing? I would be saying, Joe, you need to get your equity out as quickly as possible. So how do you do that? You're going to do that through renovation. You're going to have someone help you do that. You're going to speak with all of the property managers in the area. And you're going to say, hey, Mr. Property Manager, I'm going to give you the listing. But I want to know that you're going to help me with this renovation. I'm going to do a renovation. I'm going to buy an ugly ass property. I'm going to call you and I'm going to have a conversation with you. What are your thoughts on this? How am I going to add value? How much do I need to spend? Can you get the trades? How do we do this together? And they're going to either say, hell no, I don't do that. Perfect. You're not the type of person for me. Or you know what? Go, you sound like you're a go-getter. You go do that. Um, and they'll go help you out. So I think um, that's that's kind of what I'd be doing. I'd be building my portfolio out of those value add properties um and then that's the accumulation phase that's when you're accumulating an asset base but what you can also do this is where we talk about like um what do we talk about frozen equity so you can buy these properties that have these things built in pick the right property to renovate to nothing too extreme while you build the team and confidence that's from that's from belinda smith oh belinda oh we got a heavy hitter on here belinda smith how are you we we need to get Belinda back on talking more. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking that, but I, I didn't want to. Yeah, didn't, didn't want to say it. Bring her on. Um, said hi. Belinda said hi. I think she did. Yeah. Um, so, somebody asked as well. Is um, you go, Joe. Sorry, I'm oh, distracted okay. by the comments. Okay. Um. So this is essentially what is frozen equity. Um. Yep. It is buying a property, storing your value of equity in the future. So you build an asset. You build your base of properties. And you build your like uh, your accumulation phase with properties that have equity built in. Does that make sense? It's frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't defrost it just yet. And then when you need to, you start defrosting it. You do your renovation, you do your value add, you do your granny flats, you do your developments, and you start to defrost them 
as the portfolio requires because we only have a limited resource of cash and cash and equity on one side. I don't think this is big enough, is it? You have cash and equity on one side and serviceability and borrowing ability on on the other. That, right that looks like the girl from uh, the Good Place show. Have you seen the Good Place? You know the the um, the lady who. Oh, okay. But getting back to your value add, your, your granny flat, uh, well, just can I, can I pick a bit of a bone with that granny flat? Because on, um, granny flats don't necessarily add, add capital value to the, to the property. They, they may, they can. What are your thoughts on that? I, they do not add capital. But they definitely do not add. But they add rental, rental return, though. Definitely can add rental return. Exactly. And that's, that's where that debate around what you actually need is, is the serviceability and the cash and equity. Because what happens is you build your portfolio out and then you hit a borrowing capacity wall. You're going to hit a wall where the banks say, you know what, let's just simmer down. You've got your LVRs at 80, 90% and you've got $2 million worth, $3 million worth of debt and you're only earning it, you know, X amount of income. Let's just cool our jets. At that time, you're still bringing in capital. You're still bringing in savings. You're still saving money. So that is the perfect opportune time to turn around on your portfolio and start increasing the rents. How do you increase the rent? By increasing the value, by doing some of these renovations, by adding a wall, adding a bathroom. Um, hey, you know what the bank said to you? I will lend you more money if you get $200 worth of rent. Well, I have $100,000 here, $200,000. Um, I'm going to build a granny flat and that's going to give me $300,000, sorry, $300 a week worth of rent, which is going to allow me to do that. So you've got to attack and, your limited resource. The and the, 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 beauty with, the beauty with some of the, um, is the CBA I was reading, I, don't, I think they've been doing this the last couple of months. They're now factoring in, they'll do seven a 7% gross yield rather than 6% um, because they were capping. The, the, the reason they do that is because they, they say, well, what happens if, like, because there's all these people that were just buying regional kind of properties or whatever. Well, not not yeah. all these people. If somebody buys a property in a location that may it may go vacant, they say, "Well, okay, there's a risk to us as a lender or as an institution. Right. If if somebody buys an eight or nine percent yield, and then it's vacant for six months, the yield on that is zero percent at that time. So they want right. to protect. Well, zero percent is no rent coming in. But but yeah, so you that's lost me. You lost me. Um, well. I mean zero percent. I mean zero dollars on the purchase price is is a is zero. So, but yeah, obviously once it's rented again, but it's a, it's that vacancy risk that they wanted to protect from, because they say, well, what if what if one of these one of these larger high yielding properties goes vacant? What if the granny flat's vacant for for a month or so? I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe it's not. Then you need to get a better property manager, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah, but also the market turns, right? Um, what the thing that I was going to mention is um, people that go out there buying granny flats. I know there's people out there that say buy granny flats, buy granny flats. But now I agree, buy granny flat. It helps with the cash flow, but do it in the right time of your portfolio of when you need it. It it might not actually be the you know the best thing to do straight away up front. Totally depends on everyone's situation, all of that stuff. But if you spend five hundred thousand dollars on the house and you spend two hundred thousand dollars on the property. Uh, sorry, on the granny flat, that's $700,000. Just because you spent $200,000 on that, the, the valuer is going to walk into that property and he's going to be like, okay, so we've got a house here that's worth $500,000. I see out the back, you've got some shed shack thing. That'll add $50,000 worth of value. I see $550,000 worth of value here. And they will value your property 
at a lower rate. So don't use granny flat as a way to get growth equity because it's not going to happen. The banks do not see it that way. So use it as a cash play because you can spend $200,000 and get $300 a week rent, which I think I've done the numbers before. It's like a 10% yield. Hell yes, that's going to help you because you're going to have that income. Um, yeah, and, and, and I, th- I think as, as well, it, it, there's, I've heard discussions about whether there's to buy an extra property or, or do a granny flat because it, it can mm. be tough to borrow to build the granny flat. But, but I suppose, the, it, it, as you sort of say, or as I think you're alluding to, if you've, got, if you've got the amount of cash, if you've got 150K lying around, but you can't borrow for whatever reason because you haven't structured or whatever, then, then, then building that granny flat may be the opportunity to then be able to go and buy another property. So you can have the cash flow increase, which then potentially improves your serviceability. Yeah, so, that's, that's an extra $15,600 a year of income that you don't necessarily yep. have. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Just it, it's just around the way that you and and I suppose then it comes down to you need to obviously speak to your speak to your speak to your brokers and all that sort of stuff to understand before you do any of this because do, building a granny flat for the sake of it uh, wouldn't it be better to subdivision versus granny flat? Oh, yeah. Great question. Wouldn't it be better to do a subdivision versus a granny flat? Um, in most cases, I would say yes, it would. Um, well. Well. Um, well, well, it depends on what, what are you doing. What are you doing with the subdivision, though? Is this Brendan who's asking the question? I think it's Brendan. I don't know who's asking that, but oh, Luke, the, Luke Doran. My like answer is that. is that that getting a subdivision through council is very difficult compared to getting a granny flat through council. So you're not going to be able to get a subdivision. That's why people go for granny flat. So in my like, you know, and also granny flats are cheaper as well. They're only two hundred thousand dollars, where a house is like three hundred thousand um, dollars. Yeah. That's, I mean, three hundred k for a very kind of fairly basic sort of. I mean, we're basic. talking like pretty pretty major capital city. Like in in the regions, it might be a touch. You might be able to get a nice one for three hundred. But yeah, that's the other thing. Like you, you probably can't. You're probably not going to drop three hundred k on. So if you if your issue is borrowing capacity, then you're not you're not going to be able to borrow to build that extra dwelling anyway. I mean, you could sell you could sell the land. That's the other option. That's what I was going to say. It depends on what you're going to do as a result of the subdivision. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Time to talk about renovators delights. Now, what is a renovators delight? A renovators delight is an ugly duckling that's been sat in the sun a little while. You know, it's one of those ones that's just kind of been sitting there and just kind of getting gross. Um, so that is what, that is what this is. Um, I also think about renovators delights more of like more of an aggressive, um, value add potential. So um, this is a presentation I've, I've done before. Um, so I will try and do it a bit of justice, but I know it hasn't been too long since we've spoken about this. Um, so this is what happens when you do a renovation, right? Bought this property for 280,000. I did a renovation for 22,000. Um, so I got it revalued at $360,000. So that is $78,000 worth of equity growth. So I spent a dollar and I got $3.54 back. So $1 in, $3.54 back in equity. So when I go to the bank, they'll give me 80% of that. So what is 80 times by 78,000? They've given me uh, 80%, sorry. Eight so they give me back sixty-two thousand dollars 
to be able to go out there and that's my deposit. So I put on, I put in a, I bought this property for $280,000. I put down a 88% uh, deposit. I spent $22,000 in the renovation. So I pretty much got my money back um, on this deal. So that is the beauty of, of doing these type of things. You can get your money back. So you spend a dollar and someone gives you $3.54 in equity. It's not the same as cash, but it's pretty damn good. Um, but it's all because I added value. So what you do is you go to domain.com.au, you go to suburb profiles here. And why did this deal work out so well? Um, as people, if anyone was at the Geelong session that we did, um, you will see uh, the median house for this area now, this is the area that I purchased this property and it was in Norlane in Geelong. Um, a a two-bedroom house is $416,000. It has a 53 days on market. Um, a three-bedroom is 490000 So that is a two-bedroom. So turning a two-bedroom into a three-bedroom uh, is $74,000 different. How would you turn this floor plan, this is the exact floor plan of my house um, that I own, how would you turn this into a three-bedroom house? Throw it in the comments and we can discuss. Um, but the reason why I want to do this is not to appease a buyer. I'm not trying to get anyone excited about buying this property. It is to appease the valuer. And that's one thing that you really have to think about it with this deal. Let's go through while with, okay, well, maybe someone answer it. Um, First. Well, the, the, the other, um, I, I suppose, I suppose on this show, it's it's probably just important to um, a lounge. There you go. Somebody said the lounge. Is that that's how you did it, wasn't it? Jeff? That's the answer. You just threw a wall up there, threw a wall up between there. All of a sudden, I now have a three bedroom house, which is now valued at four hundred ninety thousand dollars. Thank you, Tim. Change the lounge to an extra bedroom. But the problem, yeah. how does that actually like? Where where are people popping their TV? Are they popping their TV in the dining room, Joe? Is it? No, no. Well, this is the bedroom here. The yeah. dining room is not a dining room anymore. It is a lounge room. And oh, so you just have the room, dining. The kitchen seems reasonable size. You just pop a, pop a table in there, away you go. Exactly, exactly. It's a small dining room. So, again, I want to make sure I'm getting tenants, but it's kind of like you can, you can keep this as a dining room if you want, but I just want to appeal the valuer. Um, yeah. We've got the, some people um, yeah. that are in Geelong. They know. So I'm going to bring up some other deals and ask the same question. So we're just in. So what about this property here? Um, this property is, where would you put this one? Where would, oh, hang on. You can't see it, can you? Yeah, there you uh, go. This is bigger. Where would you be putting this extra this extra property? Now, this is already, already has. Yeah, exactly. You can think of a couple for that one probably. Um, this one already has two living rooms. It's got a family and a meals um, and it's actually a three bed to a four bed. So um, where would you be putting this one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, you you put one, it anywhere. Two new two bedrooms. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, now I, I'm I, trying I to party. Probably, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm trying to remember that because living room. Yeah. Yeah. But wh where, where would you cut off the living room, Joe? That's, that's the kind of... So for me, there's ample space, ample yeah. space here to be able to do that. You would either convert that into a room. The best way to do it based on this layout would be to just, well, the best way, the way, the way I think it would to do it would just put a wall here. Yep. That would then give you a little study nook here. It would give you a living room here and it would give you a family meals here. So this, this area we were looking at, um, where were we looking? We're looking at houses for sale in, in old Renella. Renella. 
right? I was just going through, clicking through what those properties were. Um, and you can see, like, and this is all you have to do. Like, you just click through. What about this one? One, two, three bedrooms, got a family and a meal, has got a kitchen there. There is a lounge room that can be turned into a, th- a four bedroom. Like, it's as easy as that. Go to the valuer and say, hey, Mr. Valuer, I now have a four bedroom house. Oh, okay, cool. Well, this is now valued at a four bedroom house. Um, and all, yeah. I don't know. It's only 450 square meters, though, Joe, that particular property. That's land. It's not the house. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's a smaller. It's like a, I mean, yeah. I, I, suppose just, clicked on, I just clicked on the most recent ones. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. Uh, and you do it anywhere. Like go to, you know, another place that has a large amount of volume. Um, go for a house. We don't need a minimum price. Minimum price, two bed, maximum price, th- uh, maximum th- uh, three bed because we don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to be turning it to a four bed to a three bed. The reason why we go to domain, we can see the domain, the suburb profile. Let's go to Morford Vale. This suburb here, there is a difference of $100,000 for moving a two-bed to a three-bed. And then when you move a three-bed to a four-bed, it's um, $50-odd-thousand. But when you move it from a four-bed to a five-bed, um, you can't see, sorry, I'll zoom in, it's $40,000. So when you go from four to five, it's it's a little bit less. When you go to two to three, it's it's a lot. And when you go to three to, three to four, it's a little bit less. So you want to look for those two to three-bed properties. But you just do this. Look, one, two, three, two living in a dining. You probably can't do anything with that one. Great. Moving on. What about this one? Again, basic. Can't do anything with that one. One, two, three. Can you? Nope. Can't do anything with that one. Whew, this is looking good. Three bed, two bath already. That is valued at 550 598 um, That looks like you can do something with it. It's got... Two bathrooms already. That's a lounge room. You could turn something in there into a bedroom. A large range, that isn't it though? Fifty k range. Gee, you'd, <laughs> you'd want to be. You'd want to be saying to the agent, "Oh, look, are you? Are we? Are we looking at the at the low end of the range? Are we looking at the top end? Like, where do we need to be?" And it will still go eighty thousand dollars over. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that. There was there was there was a question here. When 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 you do from and and Brian even said. Brian said, "Don't forget building approval for adding, removing any walls." I mean, do you, what, what what do you need a building? Because if it's an internal wall, what's the? I mean, yeah, what, what's what is the situation with adding and and building approval? I've never gotten one for moving walls around. No, if it's under the roof line, mm-hmm. you can do do what you want. Obviously, you're not. Yeah, you, you don't you don't take out structural. Load bearing walls, of course. No, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're moving, if you're moving that kind of stuff, you need a structural engineer to go in there and say there needs to be a structural lintel uh, mm-hmm. here to be able to do that. Um, and and there are opportunities to do that during your like no building, re- yeah, no building or approval. Yes, if it's structural, very good point. Yeah, if it is structural, you do need to make sure that if you are tearing down a wall, but what I'm talking about here is just putting up a wall wherever, like here putting up a wall here. I'm not, I'm not removing anything. I am adding something here. So all of a sudden you have the entry hall. I'd probably remove these three walls. None of those look load bearing, but I'd be putting a wall here and then having a thing here. You then got your family and meals and your kitchen. You can make that as a, 
nice little thing here and then you can have a little study nor care or a little lounge room i don't know this is just looking at this for the first time um but yeah i'm talking about adding rather than removing yeah, so this is an interesting one, and I think we've, we've talked about this a couple of times, but it's always good to go over again. So when when you do from three bed to four bed, don't doesn't value. Also consider having a smaller room kitchen, hence you may not get to the median four better price. Um, I mean, have you what what have you kind of factored in? I don't think the I don't think the valuer thinks that deeply. I mean, they they wouldn't. He does. Yeah, he definitely he definitely does. Um, and that, that's kind of like like this deal that I was talking about that was my one, um, I did take away, how do I add it? Yeah, I did take away a dining room, right? I turned the lounge room into a room, which now made this the lounge room. But what I did was I put a breakfast bar in the kitchen to make it a bit more. So if you're going to take something, give something away as well. Um, that's that's my thoughts. If you're going to take something, give something back. Um, but yeah, the value, I will look at it. But the difference the difference, let's go back to that Morfitt Vale example. The difference is $100,000. So the value is going to say, oh, let's have a look. Let's open this up here. You can do this with domain. The probably might not be might not be worth five hundred thirteen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's yeah. four ninety or, or whatever yeah. it is. I'm gonna drop the value down. It's it's not the high. It's a four better. I can't exp- I can't get away from that. It's a four better, but it doesn't have two living rooms. So I'm gonna say it's it's you know it's the lower end of this upper end scale. And then this is where you need to be very specific. You can't just rely on these numbers to be able to pull this stuff out. Mm. Um, you re- you really need to compare as best you can apples of apples. Um, because just just saying, oh, just because you're converting, like if you make a, if you create a three or four bed and you you don't have, you have like a, a, a tiny lounge room, then obviously the values and the, even a renter. So the other pe- person you probably want to speak to there is your property manager to understand, well, how much is this going to, is this going to make this property unrentable for, for the demographic in the area? What I'm thinking about doing is showing people a, uh, a pest and building report that I've done recently um, to show, uh, I guess, what is a, what is a renovation and what is, what is the value that you can get? Do people want to see that while we come up with that answer? Maybe we'll just run to our, uh, our next. Man, we haven't even got to development yet. Jeez, Joe, we haven't even up. hit development. We're <laughs> going to talk about renovation, but if people want to see that, throw that in the comments and uh, we will, we will attempt to make it happen. There's nothing worse than going into a situation unprepared, especially when that situation is purchasing one of the most expensive assets of your life against a trained property expert in the form of a real estate agent. It's a scary thought, but it is a skill that can be taught. Do you want to learn how to become fully prepared when buying a property so you can get out there, buy your dream home or investment property without the fear of actually messing it up? Scott Agate, the founder and expert property negotiator at Hello House, has been helping people buy their properties by stepping in and negotiating with the agents and saving his clients tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. Scott has now decided to share all that he's learned over the past 28 years in real estate so you can go out there and do the exact same thing on how to find a property, analyze that property, negotiate on that property and transact on it to get the best results. He's created the Get Buyer Ready course, which is a step-by-step guide on how you too can become an expert property negotiator. It's the easy way of how you can avoid all of these agent games and get the best purchase price on that dream home or your investment property. 
The course is in short bites for busy people with no fluff at all. Just all the information you need to get buyer ready and secure that next property with confidence at the best price. Scott has been kind enough to give our community a massive discount with the link below. Sign up today before you even think about putting an offer on that next property and it will be one of the best decisions you ever make. Too right. Too right. One of the best decisions you ever make. We've lost Jeff. We don't, I don't know where Jeff has gone, so it's just you and me, guys. It is just you and me, um, which makes me a little bit nervous um, because now it's just me talking to myself. Uh, so let's see how this goes. Um, where did we get to? We want to see a pest and building report, don't we? Okay, cool. So one of the things is when you buy a ugly duckling or a renovator's delight, you're taking on a bit of a risk. You're taking on a risk for of, of the problem, right? You're buying a problem and you're creating a solution with your, with your property investment thing, right? You're spending $50,000 to get a hundred thousand dollars back. So this is a property I recently purchased. Um, it, it is a report that was done last week. I need to hide. I am things. back. Hold on. I haven't figured out how to hide certain things that I can't disclose it. <laughs> um, I can't disclose it. No, you definitely should should not be. I, I, I was I was a bit concerned. Yeah. I so changed what, the word what Joe's out about hiding things. Um, is a four by one less desirable for tenants and would it would it impact future sales? Um, well the answer is yes, it would. Um, it's less desirable. I mean, I don't know about you, but um, if I if, if I've got a family of of two kids or even three kids, and I'm buying a four by one, just just think of the bathrooms. Like that's I mean, if I'm boys or girls, like I mean, yeah. Like so, definitely yes. Um, it does impact prices, um, but how much that does, you just have to kind of look in and make a decision yeah. on whether you're comfortable. Yeah, and and for that example that I was talking about before. Um, I would be trying to make that one, that that Devonshire one, a four bed, two bath, because looking at that area, a four bed, a three bed, one bath, three bed, one bath is about, um, what was it? 505, uh, no, sorry, 600 and odd, 600 and odd. Yeah, low um, sixes, yeah. And then a four bed, two bath is about 700 and odd. So if you can build a bathroom and a wall, a wall costs $3,000, a new bathroom probably costs 20 to $25,000. Um, yeah, you just gotta you, you just gotta weigh it up. So you can spend thirty thousand dollars, and then it's worth six uh, seventy thousand dollars, seven hundred thousand dollars, which is one dollar into three. But yes, you're one hundred percent right. Um, the four by one. However, when you think about the resale, it doesn't. You're not selling the property. You need your equity back. So you add the wall to get your equity back. So you can have your deposit back to then go into the next one. Selling the property is going to happen all the way over here. So when you sell it, you obviously want to make it desirable so you can sell it. You don't want to ruin the place, but you want your equity back. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll do this report. Um, I've changed the name to Tester um, PDF. Um, a whole heap of main, I think it's just the pictures really do it. Tell a thousand words. Um, so should I explain what this property is actually? Um, so this property is in an area, the medium house price is around 600 to um, 620,000 uh, for a four bed, two bath. This property is a four bed, two bath. Um, I purchased it for 527,000. Um, based on the work that is required on this property, um, we need to spend about 
20 to $30,000 on it to get it to a rentable position. Now, the goal for this property itself is actually to knock it down. So it is to renovate it minimally because there is a lot of issues with it, asbestos fences, the back fences, asbestos. Um, this is my favorite part. Um, the the, the um, retaining wall that does the matrix. Um, so there are definitely some issues with this property. This is an ugly duck. This is a renovated delight, Joe, by the looks this of it. This is a renovation delight slash subdivision development. Um, so, you know, you don't need to do ridge capping because the mold and moss has done it for you, which is good. Um, but, yes, you've got some holes here, which is going to cause some major moisture in the house, yeah, which is what you'll see. Um, clean your gutters, people. Look at this. They have gardens growing out of their gutters. There's a gutter joint leaking. It's not very good. Um, and if, if you can get those round gutters rather than the um, rather than those bloody square gutters, they oh, really? float back. <laughs> I've never thought about the shape of a gutter before, but I might. Um, exterior. So we're still on the exterior. We're still looking pretty gross. Um, garage. Wait until we get on the inside. So living and dining, stuff everywhere. That's that's fine. Um, we've we've got this here is a crack repair. So there's been a crack previously. Um, another crack repair, and they put a high powered torch on it, and it shows up all the cracks, which is really good. Um, another crack here, being repaired. Another crack that's been repaired. Another crack that. Oh dear, this one's not looking too good. Oh Jesus, this is. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's, it just keeps getting worse. Um, so this place has a lot, a lot of large cracking here. Um, unlikely you can spend 20 grand to 30 grand on that to make it a decent standard to rent. Well, let's have a chat in two months and we will see. I'll send you the the link of what this place looks like. Um, so all of that is required is patching and painting. You can put an expansion joint in there. Wouldn't really cost too much money to be able to be able to do this so it looks like a lot but there's actually not a lot this here is is definitely not your first time investor this is scares the crap out of anyone a lot of people would walk away from this one um this one here down the bottom one thing to be aware of every old property is going to have um moist high moisture reading behind the walls i'm pretty sure the next photo is going to be this guy oh no bedroom crack 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 um massive crack i don't even know how that happened um anyway um wow there's a high moisture reading behind the lower walls the reason why i'm showing people this is is it's it doesn't really matter about what it looks like it you can fix those you can fix these things like everything is every every problem has a solution it just has a cost attached to it so the reason why I like this property is not necessarily because of the amount of renovation work. If this property was purely a renovation play, I would be a lot less interested in it at 500 and whatever we paid for it, 520, 30, whatever it was that we paid for it. I'd be a lot less interested. However, you can sell land in this area for $300,000 per lot. This property is on a 900 square meter lot, which gives us three times $300,000 lot. So I've purchased this property for $527,000. We're going to spend $20,000. So let's say, sorry, $530,000. So we spend $550 on it. And I'm going to sell my, in five years or 10 years, we're going to sell three lots for $300,000, $300,000, We're going to sell it for $900,000. Does that stack up or does that stack up? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, um, so I don't know. I guess that scares off a lot of people. That scared that it can definitely scare you off. But I guess the point of showing you all of that is every problem has a solution. It just has a cost attached to them. That's my thing. Yeah. So I suppose bring, bringing it back to the um, the renovators delight. So renovators delight. You've just seen an example of of what that. Hard I mean, that's, that's like delight. that's probably at the spectrum of almost knocking it down. But um, I mean, oh, like it still probably has some life left in it. Yeah, it's got a little bit of life left. Absolutely. Like they just did a brand new bathroom renovation. Another thing to check is if is there a high moisture reading behind the back of the wall if they've done a new bathroom? If the answer is no, it means they've done the bathroom well. If the answer is yes, they mean they've done it poorly. Hey, Joe, will you or the client sell them as vacant lots um, or with planning permission? That is a really good question. Thanks, Haley. Um, great question, Haley. Uh, will we sell them as vacant lots? We will most likely sell them as vacant lots. Yeah, we wouldn't We wouldn't get the planning permission. Like it costs $20,000 to $22,000 to get the planning permission done. Um, no, 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 it doesn't even cost that. It costs like minimal, very little. So it doesn't really yeah, add value it's only, it's to anyone. Answer, yeah. No, no, it's uh, a couple, couple of thousand, Joe. Yeah, it's a Not couple of thousand, a couple of thousand. But once you go it's, through, the, once you go through the yeah, approval, you've you got to pay the. There's like a council levy, depending on which. I mean, I've I've done that down in. Thanks for sharing the inspection report. Great first-hand practical stuff. Yeah, and the, the I suppose the other um, getting back to the what the uh, the renovators delight is it's yeah. it is something that it is, there is a significant amount of work. So the pros of it is yes, there is potential upside in in equity and if if you do for this one you might not necessarily increase the rent that much if you fix that um but in but in some in some cases well, i mean the problem up. the problem that you have right now you cannot put a tenant in there you can't do it you cannot get a tenant in that place so right now as soon as you settle you're losing money until you do the renovation and get it up to speed so you do have a long period of vacancy while you organize a a, a you know, a plasterer to come in. He needs to fix all of those cracks. Yeah. But in five years' time, yep. those cracks are going to be there again because that house had a new extension on. That new extension is pulling the house from one side and and bricks don't move. So you'll see these double brick houses and they'll have these cracks. Don't get too scared about cracks in mortar and, and bricks. They just, they just, they don't bend. They break. Um, but uh, yeah, to fix to stop it from cracking, I think you, you need to fix the 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 piece. Was it the, the, piece the underpinning or yeah, the underpinning? Yeah, and and that can cost sort of thirty thousand. So you sort of say you're going to spend, and yeah, it can cost even more than that. Um, this is an interesting question. How do you know you will get approval on the subdivision split to free lots? Well, that's um, <laughs> that's, that's the question. beauty. Of, do you want to answer that, Joe? Or do you want me to? Oh, you, you can answer. Oh, it. Mate, you answer it. You, you've got. You answer it, mate. You love it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you 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 know a lot about this area as well. The, the, but basically, South Australia. We we did a session with Ross as well, so um, <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose there's a couple of ways you can answer it. You can either understand your understand yourself, um, Joe, the king of zero percent yield. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you have a property, oh, no, that's, that's tau. Tau, it's a negative a... negative yield. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no. So the the way you know is if you understand the the, the town planning or the local the local land environmental planning as we call it here in New South Wales. But basically, the what are, what are the what are the subdivision kind of requirements of the, the, the area? 
Yeah. And what are the rules? Yeah. If you understand the rules, then you can understand what you can do and what you can't do. And if, and where there's a bit of gray area in those rules as well, because I'm not saying there's gray area in this particular one, but in some of them, you can sort of, if, if it's unclear, you can sort of apply for that to be, um, there's a bit more risk in doing it if there is gray area. But um, yeah, you just have to understand what the, and Adelaide's made it pretty easy, very easy. Like it's across the, it's citywide. Like Ross spoke about, I mean, yes, there are exceptions. And, and so don't, you have to do your, do your checks on all on, on each particular property to understand to make sure. But just, yeah. yeah, understand and look up. They've got a great tool. What's that, Sapper, is it? Or Yeah, Sapper's Sapper. really good to, to figure that out. Um, but the way it is is just understand what the local government planning rules are and then just apply to those. So as I was talking about that one, it's 900 square metres. The minimum lot size is 300 square metres. So, I mean, three so divided HDN. by 900, 900. No, it's just general neighbourhood. 900 oh, divided yeah. by three is 369. So you get three lots at 300 square metres and they need a minimum frontage of nine square metres. The minute the frontage on this property is 28 square metres. So you can have a nine nine and then nine whatever point. So it'll be 9.3, 9.3. So you just go 28 square metres divided by three then allows you to do the lot. There's a couple of, there's a little bit of nuance in it and there's different locations and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but actually this is the best, this is the best part to, to totally talk about guys. You have to build this guy. This person has come up here and said, must talk to a town planner. Now um, uh, I, I'm a buyer's agent, right? I buy investment properties and we don't like to talk about that on this group. It's not about what, who I am, but I just to illustrate the point, um, there are people out there that are development agents. There are people out there that do developments. I find, negotiate, and secure investment grade locations, and I understand development, renovation, and subdivision. But there are people out there that I leverage and use to help me do my developments. So just don't get too wrapped up and too scared about this. Get an understanding and speak to everyone. Just go on to Google, go on to the I was going to say the yellow pages, but that doesn't really exist anymore. But go on to Google, type in the word subdivision, and then talk to subdivision consultant, development consultant, um, DA consultant, and just call all of those people up and say, hey, I'd love to, love to have a chat. I'm trying to do a development here. I want to understand subdivision. What are the minimum lot size? What are the minimum setbacks? What are the minimum um, requirements for me to do a subdivision here. Can I put a, can I do a battle axe dwelling? What can I do on this property? And those people will be like, hell yeah, I'll give you, you know, you pay me $15,000 and I will do the development for you. Is that overpaying? Maybe, but like it, you don't know how to do the thing. So it's not overpaying, but like, yeah, I guess, is that a lot of money to pay? Yes. But if it, if the deal still works with their money factored in, it doesn't really matter. does it? Um. Yeah, there you go. Another, another person has said there. Just we love developing. Just get a great team. Um, you have to. You have to have that. Have to have that team. I mean, particularly if you're like if you do it day in day. Actually, even the people who do it day in day out, it's it does it does take that team because there'll be that sort of thing that'll pop up. Um, yeah. yeah so you, so you kind of. Yeah. Go on. So yeah, well, I guess I, I guess that's that that was my next that was my next point was the subdivision side of things, but we kind of dived deep into that. Um, we did. Like, uh, give, us a reason, quick, give us a quick run through. Oh, you kind of talked to it anyway. Well, the, yeah. Well, like the reason why we like subdivision is it gives us options. So our options mm-hmm. here are buy, renovate, and extract equity. When you do a development, 
you get the opportunity of doing so much more. You get to buy, subdivide property, sell the land, keep the land, keep the house. Like in this op- option here, this property here can be subdivided and split off and then you keep this back lot. So with this back lot, what are you going to do with it? Am I going to sell the land? Am I going to keep the land? Am I going to sell both? Am I going to keep both? Am I going to keep the front house? Am I going to build on the back? Am I going to sell the new house? Am I going to sell the old house? Am I going to keep both, rent them out? Am I going to sell both and capitalize on the value? What the hell am I going to do? Gives you a whole heap of optionality. So again, this is not your first purchase. But what you can do is buy a property that has renovation potential that you add value to that you can extract exactly like that, that person that I just showed you before that ugly duckling, that person put in a hundred thousand dollars into this, this other deal, not this deal that I'm talking about this, this one, the pest and building report hasn't even gone unconditional yet. So I should probably be quiet. Um, but they need their equity out. That area is worth um, $600,000. They've paid $530,000. They'll spend $20,000 on it. That'll get them to five hundred and fifty. dollars The area is worth six hundred dollars to six hundred and twenty. dollars So they've then got they've then got fifty dollars to $70,000 worth of equity that they can draw on to then go on to their other deal. Um, they're then going to buy another property, do a similar thing, renovate, subdivide, blah, 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 but renovate. And then in five years' time, she's going to be like, you know what? I I can't borrow any more money. The banks have said I can't do it. So then they're going to come back to and turn around on their portfolio and start attacking it to get cash and equity. Uh, sorry, cash to cash flow, which will be their kind of um uh um. Well, you probably sell plan. sell one of the lots or sell two lots, depending on what, what you want. You got options. Yeah, you got you got options to then knock down the house and then sell lots three, six, nine. So I guess I've, I did actually draw up some numbers for the subdivision. Did we want to go through what they look like? Yeah, you might as well. I mean, alternatively, I've, I've, I've also, I mean, I've, I've, I've got the deal. I chatted what are your thoughts, mate? What are your thoughts? No, no, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Okay. Let's look at it. Fine, fine, fine. Let's see. Okay. So, uh, this is, this is, um, 485. So this is a property that is a build and retain. So this is a property that was purchased to actually it's this one here. Um, it's this house here. So we need to buy the house and retain it. So just is this one in also in Adelaide, Joe? This potentially is in Adelaide. So um, we purchased it for five hundred eighty thousand. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump between a couple of slides here. We sorry four hundred eighty five thousand. We needed a renovation, so we renovated this house for it says it over here somewhere oh renovation is included um with the with the demolition i think it was like 20 30 grand so we needed to renovate it and then that allowed the front house to be worth 520,000 and that rear lot is worth 250,000 right because we're subdividing and splitting off so what does that look like renovation plus the subdivision is $94,000 so 485,000 plus 94,000 um, our front house is now worth 520 and our land is now worth 260000 So that means we've got total value of $770,000. Is that making sense? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll throw the, the risk mitigate, mitigate, uh, mitigation sort of person Please. in there. As, as long as you've done all your checks, like just be very careful doing these kind of things that you understand that there is potential risk of these, these kind of things. Like 
yeah. things things can all yeah like just just yeah. factor oh, in that. absolutely the renovation can blow out you can you can you can do this try and do the subdivision it doesn't work what if the what if the council says you know what no, you can't have. Well, it's that. unlikely in this situation because Adelaide's, or well, if it is in Adelaide, in this situation, yeah, it's, it's a little yeah. unlikely. But, but again, um, this the, is why the other thing think. I suppose, yeah, just just factor in that it's it's it all sounds good on paper. Um, you just need to because um, it, you need to be the type of investor that can accept that the things that because usually like having done, having done and seen a few development deals in my time, <laughs> one or two things or three or four things are going to go wrong, and when that does go wrong. Like Joe, Joe, and and a lot of the people he de- he deals with, are, are people that accept that there is that kind of thing that that can happen. And if if you can't um, sort of stomach that sort of risk, then maybe this is not a deal for you. There's there's money to be made in 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 some deals, but the other thing, yeah, the other thing I'll say is not all development deals are worth definitely not worth buying as well. Because yeah, that's a, I'd say that's that. Well, I think the money's in the buying. So, like, that's yeah. a, a prime example that you were talking about, Jeff. So, I said 300, 300, 300. But what happens if you only get 250? Mm-hmm. Right. I've gone from 900,000 to 750,000. You're still making that, money. Yeah. Barely, because it's taking, it's going to cost, it's going to cost $100,000 oh, yeah. to knock the place down. Actually, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. Not 100,000 to knock it down, but like in the subdivision process, well, the subdivision process is, is all laid do, out. Do here. a couple of different fees, though. That's, yeah. Like, back to this one. No, but that's what I mean. Like, you, you, you are spending, like, you're yeah. all of a sudden, worst case scenario is not looking pretty great. Um, if you're only getting it. So, you really need to be sure of what that end land sale value is or that end product property sale is worth um but anyway four hundred eighty thousand dollars. we had a um ten thousand dollars for services so services is like putting water in um uh putting a water meter in closing renovation subdivision demoing the shed as you can see with this area there is a lot of shed and and metal stuff so there's a little bit more in the demo side of things needed um legals stamp duty division is twenty two thousand dollars subdivision buyer's agent i've got him factored in ten thousand dollars so the total cash required is one hundred and forty two thousand dollars that is then um uh, 770 of value we then have selling costs for selling the land but i think those numbers are a bit messed up so i'm going to just run off these ones that i've built here so essentially we've bought the property it's worth four hundred and fifty dollars a week times by 52 so it's a 4.8 percent yield if we sell off the land the total lvr on this property if we if we just factor in what is the, the standard loan to value ratio on this property is 74 percent um, because we did the renovation and we've taken it from we spent the twenty, thirty thousand dollars on the renovation. It's then grown the value of this property to an LVR of seventy four percent. Does that make sense? Like you've got thirty eight thousand dollars worth of debt, and the front well, house you've, you've, you've increased the value, and, and the loan amount stayed the same. So um, it is front house new value is is what it should be. Um, front house new value is now five hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So we made a little bit of a little bit of money on our renovation, right? Um, if you sell this two hundred and sixty thousand dollar land, that then takes your LVR on the front house to forty seven percent. So you've taken that two hundred sixty thousand and put it into the front house. Now it's cost you about a hundred odd thousand dollars. It's cost you one hundred and forty two thousand to do that. But it has then given you the ability to go to 250%, which is a 47% LVR. So the cash flow 
on this property initially at $450 times by 52 is negative 3,580. Once you put that subdivision into that front house, it is now positive $225,413. This is the value of doing these things because all of a sudden the broker is now, you're now going to go back to the broker and say, Mr. Broker, what are you talking about? I have, I don't have negative 3,500. I've got positive 25. Yeah, actually, good point. Less GST. Less GST. Oh, CGT, capital gains tax. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, very good point. Very good point. I've, I've just, I put these together very fast and very, very, uh, maybe a little bit too exaggerated on the, the profit side of things. That's what, that's um, why you got me to, to chime in and say, but what about this and what about that? What about that? Because, yeah, yeah, you got to. Yeah. You do have to less capital gains tax and less stamp duty um, GST as well. And sell, selling costs and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, selling costs was factored in. Oh, selling okay. costs were factored in up here. Yes. But yes. Um, however, the point is not the numbers. Don't get too caught up into these crazy numbers. But the fact, like, just look at the difference of return that you can get by doing something like this. But the thing is, Ultimately, you don't need to know how to do these things right now. There are people out there and their job is to do this day in and day out. And that's all they do. And they run through it. They run the numbers. So get involved with those type of people. Get involved with people that are looking at these type of deals, looking for these, that do these deals and then go deep onto the analysis side of things of like, how does this stack up? Does this actually stack up? Yes, it does. Let's go for it. Um but taking it from negative three thousand five hundred to positive twenty five, it's a pretty good, pretty good return. And you don't need to do it now. If you didn't do, if you did it now, you get a fifty percent capital. Oh, I can't talk about tax, but the, there is a thing called fifty percent capital gains tax discount if you hold an asset over a year. So maybe it's not best to do the subdivision right away. It allows you to get a discount on your yeah. capital gains tax as well. I just say I'd, I'd also be careful on that CGT thing because if you do it, you do it once, you might be okay. But if you do it two or three times, you're going to say, "Well, you're actually a um, you're you're actually in the business of developing and." And, and selling so you'll you won't get this you generally won't get the cgt discount you'll you'll um just yeah but then you can sort of you know just chat to your accountant we had jeremy on last week so um does it so what are the I don't... what are the downsides the downsides of doing all of this stuff is yeah there you go that's a that's the point i mean yeah, I, I don't know yeah i don't think the vacant land you'll get the discount uh, and, and there's also yeah potentially gsc implications as well joe and also i've bought this uh, well, this isn't my deal, but like you buy most likely if you're doing a deal with some, if you're doing a joint venture, you'll do it through a trust. Trust don't get a capital gains tax discount. So like there's a whole thing with structuring. That's why you speak to an that's accountant. A, that's not somebody trying to throw shade on Joe. That's that's Jenny. So Jenny's simply trying to learn no, no, and sort of understand. No, yeah. It's the world. It's the world we live in. Like it's this property game. And this is why this is not your first property deal. But if you can find out, if you can subdivide it into the future, it's good to be like, cool, this is not a, this is not a today Joe problem. I don't like today. Joe doesn't want to deal with this, but in five years time, five years time, Joe wants the opportunity to be able to learn how to do this and, and make it happen for myself. So it's like, yeah, it, it gets a little bit convoluted and, and crazy from a tax perspective. So yes, but if you, take something and create something you're creating value. So there will be some money in there. Um, yeah. But the tax man, no, no, that, that, that's, what, that's what I love about the community, Joe. 
people are people are on here to to make sure that like jenny isn't it wasn't a count i think so the other thing i say is if you're um just be cautious of buying something that you may develop in in three to five years time because Mm. the council regulations may change the council planning this is a really good a good like illustration best development we've done is picked up six hundred thousand dollars in a year the worst one we've done sent my father bankrupt it's really important to know your stuff yeah, that's that's a very that's very well said. It's like that's such a crazy difference. Six hundred thousand or bankrupt one. That's mental. Um, Jeff, I think that's so. We've covered off. We've covered off. Uh, set and forget. We've covered off. Ugly duckling. We've covered off renovation. We've talked about subdivision. Let's go deep. Yep. Let's go deep on development because what I was talking about there was just selling the land. Like, you know, do people even buy land? Don't they want to put houses on that land? Like, what? What's the go with that? How do we do development? Hey, we're, already in, we're already in an hour and a half, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh, smash gosh. through the old um, development side of things. Come on. But, um, so in terms of, I mean, this, this is a deal that um, is somebody who, who I know quite well. His, uh, his name starts with J and ends in an F. Um, so you, you, can, you, can, you can put the, yeah, might, might have, you know who, yeah. Anyway, you. so I try to, try to, yeah, might, well, I don't know. Yeah. Read between the lines, people. Um, but um, I have talked, I've spoken about this one before, but let, I'll, I'll set the scene on, on what, um, on what developing, because Joe, Joe spoke about subdivision. So um, development is really just a, it's just a sub, a sub or subdivision is a sub thing of development anyway. So we've, we've kind of already spoken about it, but we're talking about developing to build now. So, what what that essentially is is you're taking uh, you're taking a, a, a larger does does it have an e in the middle <laughs> it does um, so you have a you have a larger sort of plot of land and you're sort of chopping it up and then not subdividing so then you're sort of deciding if if you're going to build on it that that is developing so that's describe what it is so the pros of, of development are that you can potentially add as as Joe's just, just spoken about you can add a whole bunch of value if you the critical thing is, is though, is you have to buy it at the right price. If you, if you sort of, because a lot of people see larger, larger sites, and I, I, we, you see it day in day out, Joe. You see a large block of land, and you're like, okay, great. If I build this, and we sort, we sort of talk about it behind the scenes, and we say, if we build this, what do, you, how much is the end product going to be worth? Because, because build costs are there. So, a lot of development sites aren't actually profitable um, in, in the short term. And if you're going to keep them longer term, yes. But you're actually just building. Is it worth the risk? Mm. Um, so, so the pros is yes, you can add value. Um, you can you can do all that sort of stuff. So, the cons I would say though is that you can really open yourself up. As that person said before, you can you can go bankrupt. I mean, there is if if you don't factor in if you're over if you're overzealous with your numbers, and if you sort of if if build costs go up, COVID happened. Yeah. Um, and you saw you sort of buying something at the start of sort of 2020, and you think you can build something for X amount, and 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 all of a sudden, in a couple of in six months' time, that that sort of goes up by 50 percent, or even worse, doubles. What what happens then? Do you just not build, or can you still afford the development? So there is, it, it's kind of putting on your big person's pants and saying, well, yes, there's a bit more um, involved in it as well. Yeah. Well, and also the challenge that you have, right? Like that, that deal that we're talking about before that was the build and retain, we're still getting a rent from the front house. Like the other, you're not getting down. You don't have any rent. You have nothing. You've got nothing but debt expenses on your, uh, 
on your vacant blot of land that's not getting any rent in. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I, I talked to this point, selling vacant land, especially the year of block, rear of the blocks, isn't always easy to sell. Um, I, I would say, yeah, I'd agree with that because having having done it myself, and this this is a deal that, that I will chat to here. I suppose who, who is it who is it for though? Who who is it for? I think it's for people who really want to accelerate their 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 equity because you can really grow that quite substantially, um, but it has to be on the right type of property. Um, it's not for somebody who I, I wouldn't say the first deal you do shouldn't be to develop. Um, no. And and some people may disagree with that, but I think it's you you should really get your feet wet first. But <laughs> I've, I've teased enough, so I'm going to present this one and I'm going to do another mm. development very soon. Ooh. But this is the um, I'll present this particular one. So this is this is the this is the property. As you can see, it was an absolute knockdown. We, we we bought this in at the at the back end of 2019, just before COVID hit. So so this one we bought for 460, and and that one was it's pretty much land value. Like literally, I don't is know. That the photos? Is that yeah? No photos. So literally, wow. you should have seen it. The place was falling down out the back. There was concerns. There were snakes out the back. The the, yeah, it was, um, did you have yeah, to was, clear the land? So you had a house on there. Did you have to spend the 20, 30 grand? Well, probably 20 to 25 grand of demo. It was all, it was all included in the demo cost. That's um, what I mean. So did you have to pay for the demo cost? Yeah, 15K. So oh, because wow. because I had the right, like if, if, we, <laughs> if I was just a come off the street kind of thing, you probably would have been 20 to 25 or 30. But because the, the I, this is a joint venture, so the person I did this with, does multiple um, sort of ones of them, so they got a, they got a pretty good price. So we pretty much bought. So Alberton, for those who know Adelaide, is is a fairly tightly held sort of pocket, closer in in the Port Adelaide area. So um, it's yeah. So we bought that pretty pretty close to land value. It was definitely a knockdown property. You could you would not renovate this property. The video, the person, it was an owner occupier. I I, I I don't know how the person was living in this property, but anyway. So what we did, so the numbers on this. So I ended up selling the entire project for, I'll, sh- I'll share, I'll stop sharing that one. Yeah, have you got a spreadsheet? I'll share. I don't actually have a spreadsheet. I, I do have a spreadsheet somewhere, but I've got, I've got details on that one again. So I won't share that one now because I haven't, I should have prepped that. How much do you pay for it? 440. 460. Um, so this 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 one here sold for five ten. So this so we de- end up developing. Um, so this other one over here. Let's see. Share this one. So this this was the one at, right at the back. So just up here. This one sold for four seventy nine, and number and letter B sold for four ninety five. Actually, B could be the one at the front. I always get confused between those ones. Anyway, so so full transparency. That so we we sold it for let's say let's say one 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 point four nine million, and I was going to say one point five just to keep it simple. So it cost this cost us one point three million to develop. So you you sort of say yes, you've made one hundred ninety k. I I wouldn't. How'd you make one hundred ninety k? I didn't make 190. So one, so one point four, so 1.3 was all, all costs, including kind of seat, including GST and all that sort of stuff. So right. 1.49 minus 1.3. So 190. Right. Joe's That's doing very, the numbers. 
Yeah, I'm doing the numbers. 190. So, so 495. So 1.475, right? That's what you've got. Oh, was it? So we bought we yep. bought the front. So we bought the land for 460. How much did it cost yep. you to build all this stuff? So 600k. Cost 600k to. Yeah. You bought the house for 460. You you mm-hmm. then add the 600. So you're in for. Um, 106, 1.6, and then you sold no, no, for 1.47, right? So, four, so 460, uh, and the build. So that's yeah, that's that's one point, um, that's one point, one point zero six. But but the other the other costs that the other cost of the killer is that we we instead of going through a major lender, we had to go through a a private funder, and, and we paid 11% interest. 11% so that's, interest. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So 1.0, uh, so yeah, 1.06, yeah. So the, the, the costs, the costs and extra, the additional costs, including... <laughs> you killed it there, Joe. So, <laughs> so yeah, basically... Yeah, the, the interest costs alone were probably about so, yeah, because this this project. So we we exited this project just before the end of the twenty twenty two financial year. So twenty twenty uh, twenty one twenty two. So we sold that one on the twenty eighth of June twenty twenty one, which I which I was cheering about because otherwise we would have had to have completed another tax return for the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three financial year. So. What was the net profit in the end? Like, what what did you what did you? So, how long was the period? How long did it take to go from knocking the house down? You bought it, then you yep. knocked the house down, and then you had to build three new houses. What did that yeah. look like? So the, the the longest delay was actually getting. So, would I do this deal again? I look. Yeah. I, I I would have kept these properties because if if you look at what's selling in Alberton yeah. now, you would have been like you they're, they're, I mean, yes, and it's COVID boom. So, but um. You'd, they'd probably be worth, I'd say, at least six hundred k each, and be renting for probably five fifty a week because they're, they're they're brand new properties, right? So, but so but it's you so, can't, so how you can't long did with. it take? So it took um, look the key for five years. You avoid GST, yeah, I know. I, I would have loved done this. <laughs> so the build, the build, the builds took it took um, took fifteen months. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> That's my favorite moment of Oz property. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I'm the one that got stung with it. <laughs> damn it, damn it. No, no, yeah. Don't tell me yeah, no. something I already um, know no, no, and have I'm already really... paid for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But uh, no, it was, was, it was, it was yeah. a great um, – look, we made money out of the deal. So the... How much money did you make? So Sorry, how long did it take? Two years? Two years, just just under two years, yeah, yeah. Right. The biggest yeah. delay was it. It took us it took us six months to sort of finalize the funding, which which we only had a loan of we only had a loan of just in the in the three hundreds on it. So because we had to we put down the twenty percent deposit, um, so got that sorted. So we only had a loan. We were paying interest only, so it was costing us. Yeah, it was costing us about a thousand bucks a month to hold. So right. that was that was all factored in. Right, but, that's um, all factored in. So the outcome. Was four hundred and fifteen thousand net? No, 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 no. Don't. So that's that's purely the build cost plus the. You're not factoring in the the eighty or ninety thousand we paid in interest 
fussed demolition plus all the. I've, oh, I've got. Really? A, I've got a I want to know the numbers. real numbers, Jeff. I want the real yeah. numbers. Like I so, said, so the real numbers were the total development cost, which is absolutely everything, yeah. um, including kind of at the end of it was uh, was one one point three million. I mean, it was probably one point oh. one point. Yeah. Okay. Now we're not looking as attractive, Jeff. So you no, made exactly. one hundred seventy five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but when you when you do a when you do a profit on costs, that's a that's a horrendous return. Yeah, that is that's horrendous. Not, it, you would not do that deal. So. <laughs> so is this is this a pro development thing or like you know what? No, no, this is definitely pro development because yeah. this is so this is this is co this is during COVID. So this is where. You could you would struggle to get like we struggled to get finance. It took us longer to build. There were delays in the build, so we we were probably so this is this is worst case scenario, and we still managed to make one hundred seventy five thousand. Yeah. So we we were factoring we could potentially make sort of and 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 we were selling these when when it was when it was hard to get loans. Like this was when people were concerned. But this is when like we I think we sold the first one in early twenty twenty one. So you were selling it. Of course, we we probably could have held, but we said, "Hey, look, let's." The person, the joint venture partner, had a lot of money invested. How much GST? Yeah, so that one that one point three is inclusive GST. Um, so I think I think GST. I mean, it's like seven, roughly seven percent, because you can claim back GST credits. Speak to your accountant on that sort of stuff. Did you sell any off the plan? So we actually no, sold. Know. We sold. One or maybe two off the plan. Yeah, we sold two off the plan and one at the end. So we had one left over once it was built. The, it was the back one. So yeah, the front one sold pretty quickly, and then the middle, the the back one sold just as in in, in the process of being built, and the one at the back sold after it had been completed. Mm. But, interesting. That's super yeah. interesting. So yeah, one hundred seventy five. But if you if you break that down over two years, it's a bit of a difficult like yeah, yeah, yeah. what is the opportunity you, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it for the risk yeah 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 you wouldn't and also like the 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 cash flow that you would need to fork out for that um because you need to have tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash flow to be able to serve this stuff because you got to do well, demo the, you got to do television. beautiful yeah. thing and not all lenders will do this but the, the little trick in not a little trick but is capitalizing interest into the loan. So we we once we got the development finance. So so we 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 got the initial loan through um, who was it through it was through NAB. So NAB we got the initial loan for them. So yes, we had to pay interest on that about a thousand bucks a month. But once we once we then you made ten cents a dollar, not very feasible. Well, no, definitely not. I mean, but that was that was our worst case scenario. Um, so so what did we learn today? Throw your questions if you've got any questions for Jeff and I. Um, one of the other things to mention is um, I'm going through a development right now and um, I haven't really spoken too much about it, but you can sell properties to people that sell properties. Like, So I, I have a block of land that I'm selling. Well, I have a house right now. It's getting demoed and then we're going to sell the blocks of land. But I my FISO says I need $250,000 per block of land. So I've then gone out to developers and I said, hey, does anyone want my block of land? Now I know we. I, if I put it on the market, I probably get two hundred sixty. But just speed wise, it's just great. The builder, the, the the house and land people come back to me and they're like, "Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll buy it for five. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it for two fifty. So we yeah. can actually just give it to them 
and not mess around with going online and sell, giving agent fees. I'm like, great, I'll take it because they're not yeah, paying you, agent you have, fees. You have to pay, you probably have to pay commission to have they just, is it like a kind of. No, no, uh, no, they don't sell it. They don't sell it. They buy it off of us as land and then it's oh, their responsibility. Okay. It's not, it's not a pending yeah. waiting for, but I'll, when the deal's done, I'll go through a full FISO breakdown and we can share, share the goods with, uh, yeah. with everyone. Um, but so what, the, 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 this this question popped up for Stuart. So what what you can ask for, you would you probably wouldn't be able to do it with your major lenders unless you look at their commercial um, sort of lending arm. What you can do, it's called capitalizing the interest into the loan. So essentially, that means that the interest goes on top of the loan instead of you paying a repayment. Because and it, and, it, and it works where, or you can ask for it probably where you, where you're going to sell it at the end. Um, because then you, you're not, then you're sort of min, you're you're reducing your cash flow burden throughout the project. So Joe was saying, oh, holding costs. Well, holding costs were actually, but the only challenge that is you you need to be very confident that you're gonna yeah pay interest at the end exactly. Um, but but the challenge is is that if you can't sell it for more than what the loan is worth, that's when you can really get yourself into trouble. Mm. So you just have to be, you have to, you have to have multiple extra strategies. Like knowing this deal again, we could have sold those three blocks of land. Um, we could have sold yeah. those three blocks of land for, for what, 250 each. Yeah. So, and, and just made, and, and made 200,000 instead of yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's that. Yeah. Actually you would have done, you would have, exactly, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about buying my property for what, what, what do we pay? 485 and we're selling it for 260, 260, 260. Yeah. You could have done that exactly the same thing. As well, this, this, this was 2020, 2020. So we're not, we're not, Still, that, it is in up. a more, like it's closer to like, I'm not, no disparagement to Morphe Vale. I love Morphe. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, well, I'm not I love, I love Adelaide. But yeah, it's a way better spot. Like you could have just done, and that's what I struggle with development is like, yeah. if the market goes down and you're writing, like a lot of people, uh, like with development, I hear a lot of people like, oh my gosh, I've done this big development. Most, most developments don't make sense. Like this one is kind of, yes, we still made a little bit of money, but would you write in the, about the velocity of money as well? Well, yeah, because I can get my money out. Like I'm going to be like this subdivision deal that I'm talking about. I'm going to get my money back out in six to nine months and then I can go again and then I'll go do another one of these and then I'll go again. And then you've got your deal lined up for two years. And this isn't any offense to you, Jeff, obviously, but you've got it there for two years. And I've done three deals, which have netted me a hundred each deal. So I've got one, two, three hundred thousand dollars while you're sat there with a hundred and fifty hundred and seventy thousand dollars and i'm like well yes i've done a little bit more paperwork but i'm a lot more money up um yeah yeah i mean the the only i mean land can take sort of six months to sell so it kind of depends on how i mean if you want to sell it quickly you could you could pop it depends on how much profit you want to make if you wanted to sort of really do it quick you could just price it at a a good at a really good price and somebody will buy it off you in a couple of weeks yeah that's why you sell still making money. house and land people. And, and this is it. It comes down to supply and demand. Ultimately, property investing is just supply yeah. and demand. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Depends on the that's, land. That's what this It depends on the land. I think, Joe, some, of you want some to you may want to pull off quick. Others, you want to maximize the value. That's what the person said. Like, if you want, if you're willing to accept a lower amount, then you can sell it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And not a lot to build the same, right? Um, yeah. 
yeah, there's a lot of things right. that I'm don't make sense. develop a FISO that makes sense. Yeah, you, you really the way Very. the way you have to do it. The secret is, and the only reason this one still didn't make a loss or didn't just break even is because we were able to build three instead of two. Because this this particular lot, other people were saying, oh, I can only build two on it, so they weren't willing to take it on. Whereas this one, we were able to build free. And, and because we could build for 200, you can't build for 200 anymore. No way. You, the, this, this type of product would cost 350 now because of, of two and a half years later after, after COVID. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to sort of figure out where that, like similar to Joe's, like where, where, is, where is that sort of, is it somebody who needs to sell? Like you need to have to find the deal. Like yeah, it's about you make the, the money on the buy-in. Like yeah, exactly. Being able that's, to negotiate a, a deal really well, like makes a mat. Like saving thirty thousand dollars up front is different to making thirty thousand dollars because you've got to pay GST, you've got to pay capital gains tax. Like your fifty thousand dollars, your thirty thousand dollars that you just made is eaten away with expenses. Whereas saving yeah. thirty thousand dollars up front is worth a lot of a lot of money. Um, yeah. But I think that that's a great starting point. I think this is a great foundational episode for people to get a bit of an understanding of what are the types of deals that are out there, what type of things exist. Um, yeah. So now what? Now what do we do? I don't know, Joe. After high, high country Victoria, let's see. Let's see, land subdivision builds. Wow. Now renting land purchase. Wow. There you go. Well done. That's, High country Victoria, $185,000 for 1,000 square meters worth of land, did the subdivision for 25K, built out 560000 finished renting both, so it was two 500 lots um, for $620 a week, and the bank valuation just came back at 675 That is ridiculous. Well done. Well done, whoever yeah, that is. Yeah, I just want to see who that is because I can, I can see on Facebook in the comments. Well, they should be here. But- Get them in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So this, this, that, that was my, I, I take it that probably, was, probably wasn't that person's first. I have to find flip deal, but hold it and get equity. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, 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 makes, it makes a lot more sense if you can, the deals are out there. Yeah, they definitely are. Like that one that Joe, um, Joe purchased. I mean, you just have to be patient and you have to be really ruthless. Like you, you can't, if you, if you're sort of trying to make a deal work instead of the, if the deal doesn't work, move on. I'll go to the next yeah. one. Like don't, Actually, that's, don't a, that's a fantastic point. So I've got, I've got a lot of developer friends that I speak with and I'm like, Hey man, what, what are your thoughts of this one? And then literally they, they're driving their car and he's like, okay, tell me the numbers. And I'm like, well, it's purchase price 520 and you sell the lots for 250. No, that makes sense. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, like, what? Literally, if it doesn't make sense on the back of a napkin, it doesn't make sense. Like, you can't, you can't force it. You have to. It has to stack up, and you have to get enough money out of it. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's my thing. Is is don't try and get too excited and and try and get too cute and get all these massive feasibility spreadsheets. It cost me this much to purchase the land. It cost me this much to subdivide it. It cost me this much to sell it, and it cost me this much for infrastructure, and it cost me this much for uh, development. Uh, sorry, demolishing. That's it. And the the other thing you have to the thing that when when whenever I want to sort of do development, and the thing you absolutely should be doing is. You can't just rely on what a selling agent is telling you that it's going yeah. to sell for. You you need to if there's not enough comparable sales, I, I would probably just I would move on from that from a, from a deal. If you can't sort of clearly see evidence that what what you're proposing it's going to sell for is actually yeah. realistic, 
I, I would I wouldn't do I wouldn't do the deal. It's just not worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. If awesome. it's a flip, hmm. I think that was a good little episode. If people got Great value one. out of that, and you're still here, like and subscribe and tick the box and do whatever you have to do to share yeah. this around. Um, you got anything else, Jeff? Nah, I think I think I'm good, man. I, I think, yeah. No, knowing what I know now, the next great episode. Yeah, people. Are, I think I think it was great because we sort of saw that. Like my mine was like Joe sort of. Uh, thanks, guys. So so Joe sort of has a, a great team around him, and I, I did have a great team, and and still, but it, but I think for me, knowing yeah, thanks for all that. But so next next sort of like the first Renault sort of or the first JV deal I did we sort of we broke even the next one we made money so I'm thinking the next one's going to be even more profitable so I think any anybody who sort of says that the first deal they knock it out of the park I'd sort of want to understand what other other extenuating circumstances are there so it's um yeah it's a it's it's all about the journey yeah and also I think get with people figure a way that you can add value to somebody else um like there are a couple of roles in the development space. There is someone that can find the deal. There is someone that can run the deal. There is the money partner and there is the serviceability partner. So if you can be one of those other partners, you can hijack and the jump on the back of someone else and learn the process with those people while you don't take necessarily take on such a massive risk. Cause exactly like that guy was saying before, he said, Hey, I, the best deal I did was 600,000 and the worst deal I did was sent my granddad bankrupt. Um, so if you got in, like, if you only had 25% of that deal that was 600,000, you're making money. So get with the right people, essentially. So many different ways to be a property investor. Maybe, um, maybe we need, to, I think that was Luke who did the, who did the deal. Maybe we need to well chat. Done, I mean, well, he's not a BA. I mean, you see a buyer's agent? Bloody buyer's agents <laughs> are everywhere. Bloody buyer's agents. Like flies on a, flies on a summer. But no, Joe, thanks, thanks for spending your, appreciate the honesty lads and no BS approach. Still want to own 10 properties in 10 minutes. Is that Jordan or is it, uh, is that Mr. Dijon? No, it's Greg. Okay. We'll give it to you, Greg. Jordan. We'll get you 10 properties in 10 minutes. 10 subdivisions. Subdivisions? Subdivisions. Okay, guys, let's go out there. Let's go. No, mate, a plumber. Love it. No, my tea with a, uh... my tea. <laughs> Normal out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go buy a property. See you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks, team. <laughs> Hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together. Just a quick reminder that anything we covered on this podcast is not considered as financial advice. This is general information only. You need to go and speak with your qualified professionals to understand your unique circumstances as this is general advice only. If you got any value out of this podcast, feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic day. Let's go buy property.